Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. (laughs) 93, huh? Wow, holy moly. 93 animals. Dr. Debbie, how many animals do you have at home? I have two. Just two. (laughs) Because as a veterinarian, I, I would imagine you're always tempted... Or there's always an animal looking for a home. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to say no and not to bring another pet into your home. But um, it's, it's a time commitment for me, and I, I, I just don't want to over overextend myself when I can't you know, provide the love, the companionship, and the activity level that, that they need. Well, you actually send your kids off to school, don't you? I daycare. do. I try. I send them to daycare a couple times a week. Although boss today is home from school. Um, he, he, I, I got a, a text from his teacher today saying that boss wasn't acting right. Um, he was hiding and being very fearful and oh. couldn't find a re- reason for it. So, you know, you know, it's not normal for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, of course I picked him up from school and then he went straight to the hospital where he had blood and urine drawn. <laughs> so we're, I, I'm hoping it's just weather because um, he's sensitive to some things, but it's usually like thunder showers he doesn't like and he'll hide but um you know we're having rain um so i don't know if this is a new manifestation of him telling me it's about to rain or that uh, it's raining outside um so what does he do at school what does he do oh he does all sorts of stuff he practices obedience leash work he does some agility fun where he jumps over obstacles climbs through tunnels um it's you know it's and then there's some playtime with other dogs so there's some social playtime so it's he comes home physically and mentally exhausted um and it's just a wonderful thing for a busy um you know pet owner that you just you know you want them to do all they can and be all they can be mm. <laughs> no, that's on weird <laughs> no wait you have two dogs what about nikki doesn't she go to oh. dog to daycare yes. too yeah, she goes there too. So she's still at school today. You know, boss is home at what I'm calling sick today. I, I'm still waiting to see if he's just pulling my Faking leg it. here. Yeah, but it, <laughs> we'll see if he does it again because he had to have the needle to get blood drawn. So, um, you know, maybe that'll teach him a lesson if he's faking. <laughs> okay, so you have two pets. We're going to talk to a doctor today, Dr. Paige Wages, who has 93 pets. And that's oh got to be. Cow. Yeah, that's. I don't think we've ever spoken to anybody even at sanctuaries, that uh, have that many animals. Uh, She also has a weather-predicting pig. Now, this pig obviously can tell you what the weather is going to be like. Now, can any of your dogs do that, Dr. Debbie? Maybe well, so. I think maybe Boss can. You know, maybe that's what it's because you know it's a hundred percent precipitation right now. So uh, maybe that was what maybe it was that about. was going on. I can't wait to talk. Maybe we can actually get the pig on the air to. Give us a forecast. A lot of us across the country. Give us a weather forecast, yeah. Yeah. We're having weird weather across the country right now. It's it's that climate change thing. So it's always good to have a weather-predicting pig and 92 other animals. Uh, I don't know how she takes care of them all. She obviously doesn't send them to school like uh, your lucky animals. But uh, we'll find out in just a few minutes what that's all about. Also, oh, speaking of bad weather, if you're one of those people that have to take your dogs out for walks in mud and... uh, salted streets and dirt and you always hate snow clean- yeah snow you hate cleaning yeah. that stuff off you know and you should by the way if if you take them out on the salted streets you should mm-hmm. definitely uh wash their paws off we're going to talk to an inventor she's invented walkie paws didn't you talk about this a couple of weeks ago Lori? yeah yeah those like hip fishing boots for dogs yeah <laughs> and uh we'll find out how she invented that coming up in just a few minutes right here on animal radio Lori, what are you working on in the newsroom 
Well, Russian President Vladimir Putin, did you guys know he's a big animal lover? I did. Yeah, he's he's especially dog crazy, but they have a, a bunch of new laws all wrapped up into one big package that Vladimir Putin signed into law for Russia's animals just at the end of last year. And so we'll, we'll tell you how things have changed for animals and those who love them coming up. Okay, let's go to the phones. Your calls for Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani right now. And, of course, don't forget you can ask your questions from the free, how much, how? Free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your appropriate uh, app store and type in animal radio and you'll find that. Uh, which one? Nine, two? Is, can we go to two? Let's go to two. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Very good. Where are you today? Uh, we're in California in Marina Valley. How can we help you today? I got Dr. Debbie right here. Hi. We have a we have a three year old York Yorkie, and, I, and I, for the life of me, I can't find any food but people food that she likes to eat. I've tried everything. And, and has this been a eating pattern since you've had her, or is it more recently? No, it's been an eating pattern since I've had her. Okay, so as a puppy, even? Yes, we we got her as a puppy, okay. and. It- she wouldn't eat. By, at the beginning, we were just feeding her basic, just a little bit of dog food. She wouldn't eat it. So because she was so young, we just started feeding her chicken and and just people food. But not a lot, but basically just protein, you know, not not other scraps other than chicken or a little bit of meat, you know, not uh, bad food, just mm-hmm. protein food. Okay. And... and- I guess let me ask you this here, because um, do you have a problem with the current feeding situation? Yes, because I'm, you know, I know that it's probably not healthy for her. So I, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like I'm forcing her to to try to eat dog food, and I won't feed her what she's been used to. And this has been going on for like six months, and some days she won't eat for a day, a day and a half. Then I'll buy some dog, soft dog food, and I have to put a little bit, just a little bit of chicken in her, there. For her to start mm-hmm. eating, she'll eat it, and then she'll get tired of that after one day, and then she won't eat for two days. Okay. So, All right. Well, you're not alone because a lot of toy breed owners um, have this problem, and a lot of it is we start, we're so kind of taught when we get these young little toy breed dogs that they're going to have hypoglycemia if they don't eat, so you got to make them eat. So we pull out the stops very early on with these dogs, and we break our own rules and recommendations because normally we would have you know, meal time for dogs, and we stick to that. But when we have toy breeds of dogs, we always get panicked when they're young because we don't want them to have hypoglycemia and have seizures and so forth. So I see this a lot more in these guys. Now, the challenge is, is that we have to recognize the human effect on this behavior. And there are truly picky dogs out there, but in many cases, this pickiness is actually kind of created by our own behaviors of feeding that chicken and the canned foods and those table scraps and things like that that are really palatable and a lot more fun to dogs than maybe just dry kibble or even some of the canned foods. So once we realize that we are the problem, then we can get past that because it's us that we have to change in our patterns of behaviors. So 
Now, all that being said, for dogs that have this kind of pickiness, I'm a little bit more soft with some things. Like I may not say dry food is the way you have to go. It may be very difficult to get her to really love a dry food if she's been eating uh, chickens and meats and some different canned products all this time. So you may have to find a canned product or a semi-soft product and say this is what we're going to feed her. Then that strategy from there is how we're going to really fix this problem. Um, and some of the the common mistakes people do when we have a picky eater is we put the food down and we leave it there and we keep trying to get them to eat it all day long. That is absolutely wrong with a picky eater. We need to provide the food at set times, present it to them. If they don't eat it, it goes away. And it's not at their leisure to eat. We want them to learn patterns of good behavior eating when food is presented, and that you can offer that food two to three times a day, even more if you have to, but we present it, it's there, and it's taken away. That helps to set that in their mind that when that comes, this is what I expect of you. And she may not eat, just like you said, a day or two. She may not eat, and I usually go three days if a dog doesn't eat, as long as they're drinking and they're in good health, there's no harm done with that. I've known dogs that'll go six days and they're completely healthy. They're incredibly picky eaters. So there are some that will hold out past my three day rule. <laughs> so yeah. So there's always room for uh, the individual in there. And I got to say, Richard, that uh, we're guilty of the same thing here at the studios. And Dr. Debbie was hey. about to, to spill the beans there, but we have the same very problem with. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. I can't stand it when she goes over it. But it's you. It's you. It's I you. know. You're the one who spoils her and makes her yeah, act that way. She's mm-hmm. seven pounds and she's got to eat. Awesome. Well, and this is where it comes down to tough love. Tough love is really harder for the people around the person that the tough love is indicated for. So it's the same thing with our animals, is that you really, really have to have in your mind and everyone in the household's mind that this is the best thing for the pet. And uh, when we're doing this mealtime, we want to make sure it's a quiet place. We don't want to have a lot of distractions, things going on. Um, Mealtime is eating time, and we try to eliminate those distractions. Um, the other thing we need to do is eliminate snacks. Those little goodies and treats in between meals are not setting good eating patterns. So for that picky... I know. I, I, you're kicking under the table here. Yep. Um, but for pets that have picky eating, we think that's the way to get nutrition in them because we're going to help them. Here's a little snack. This will help you through the day. But no, you are ruining that pattern for set meal feeding. So stop the snacks. Put the food down. Be firm. And if there's any questions, make sure your veterinarian deems your pets in good health so that we can go kind of the tough lover out here. But you can do it there, Richard. Just hang in there. And all my best to your little baby. And hopefully she finds a, a happy medium in the household for uh, what's good for her and for you. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. Now listen up. In just a couple of seconds, I'm going to give you a promo code to save 10% off all of your purchases over at Red Barn. Now these guys not only support Animal Radio and get behind the health of your pet, they're now in the kibble business. Yeah, your favorite dog treat company is now selling kibble. And I'm looking at the side of the package with the ingredients. The first five ingredients feature real animal protein. That's how you know it's good. It's going to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. That's because your dog, well, they love meat. Now get ready to save 10% anytime you go over to their website. Just use the promo code ANIMALRADIO. That's all one word, ANIMALRADIO. And you'll get 10% off your purchase. So I encourage you to go on over there. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, loves their treats. They make a great chew bone, and they're just one of the great products that Red Barn makes. 
and you could get 10% off anything Red Barn has over at their website at redbarn.com. Just put in the promo code Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-1961. That's 800-803-1961. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate our connection with our pets. If you're a little bit over the top, that's okay. So am I. And especially Dr. Debbie, we just learned that her dogs, Nikki and Boss, are a little bit spoiled. They go to school. On a, what is it, every other day? Well, twice a week they go to school, and then usually once a week um, there's agility practice in the evening. Yeah, and it's just among <laughs> the many activities uh-huh. that they do yeah. with mom and dad. They, they're they lucky. That's how it should be, shouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. I agree. I know, you know, when we had our kitten last year, you know, we took the kitten with us up in Utah, and we went up to a cabin, and she got to enjoy all of the what we did, because that's how we are. Our pets go with us where we go. Did the cat enjoy that? She loved it, yeah. Well, there was a nice little wood stove that she could sit in front of and watch the snowfall. It was really very, um, I thought it was a great vacation for her. <laughs> Does that sound crazy? <laughs> yes, I Not know. You're, you're rolling your eyes at me. I can tell. You all look at me like, she's way out there, isn't she? Mm-hmm. In, in my next life, I want to be Dr. Debbie's dogs. Yeah, heck, that, I want to be my nope. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that today. I want to be my dog. What kind of dog is Boss? I always forget. He's a little um, Yorkie mix. We call him a Shapuki. He's a oh, so he's a tiny one. So you have like a well, tiny one and a really big one. Yeah, he's only sixteen pounds, but he he's the boss truly of the household. So it's it's quite the funny kind of pair that we have but yeah my dogs are completely spoiled you know they have of course their closet of uh, halloween costumes and holiday wear um but yeah they get to go on vacations with us they go to school they've both gone to like puppy training and sports training and we go on weekend meets to the <laughs> sports activities it's it's pretty intense so yeah. you have no human kids it. no Mm-mm. yeah so th- these are essentially your kids your children well, yeah, and you know we we <laughs> love them. She's um, a millennial to... ahead of her time. She is. I I guess so. I just you know I 
I feel, you know, if you're having an animal that shares your home with you, now farm animals may be different, you know, different functional animals, but if a pet is sharing your home, they share our lifestyle. So I enjoy good food and drink. They get food and, well, you know, not liquor, but, you know, so I love to go outside. I love to hike. So they get to join me on all those activities. So it's just a kind of a compatible lifestyle for us. Now, do people laugh at you when you're hiking on the trail and, and see this, see little boss out there and, and his big sister? Yes. Actually, somebody the other day said, oh, are they brother and sister? And I said, yeah. And they were laughing. And I said, well, you asked me. And I guess they are. They're brother and sister by another mother. <laughs> but boss has a Napoleon complex, right? I mean, well, boss is in charge. It's it's not that he pretends to be in charge. He truly he is. is. Okay. He truly is. So, yes, he's uh, he's uh, he doesn't have to exert his power. All it takes is a little growl and a little body movement, and, you know, he puts the big girl in place. So That's hysterical. Okay, we're going to head back to the phones and talk about your spoiled animals in just a couple of seconds. Also, a check of the news about 10 minutes away. What are you working on for this hour? Well, they've done some research now in light of animal accidents that have, you know, especially wild animal or exotic animal accidents that have happened. And there are four states in our country that have, they say, little or no regulations about having exotic pets. So we'll tell you what they are. Muriel, welcome to the show. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Um, hi. Hi, Mom. Actually, wanted me to call today because... Well, we have, like, five horses, and three of them are wild mustangs. Okay. And she wanted me to call and ask if a 60-year-old wild mustang is too old to be gelded. Is the, is the horse in, in good health? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He's, he's perfectly fine for um, being gelded or what we'd call castration. Um, okay. And, and in fact, there's really not an age where it's inappropriate or we'd say a horse is too old to be gelded. It, it's really kind of more dependent on their individual health status. Um, okay. So, um, so that, would, that would be really what I would use to guide, give you that guideline. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, here in Las Vegas, I don't see too many horses in my field. But, but yeah, that's, that's a definitely an um, uh, you know, important thing for a lot of these guys. Is, is he pretty, um, you say you have a, a couple stallions, so are you actually um, working with them or are you just kind of uh, training them? Yeah, we're working with them. We have, well, they're, Hang on. You're getting another one? <laughs> another horse to the family. Oh, we just heard it. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I guess uh, she Well, she was looking at one that was, what, like six? Oh, he is six. And she was wondering if... Ooh, fresh off the range. <laughs> kind of like hot off the presses wow you, you don't sound right? too excited about this um guess who's like, going to be cleaning the stalls huh uh, well like i love our horses but it's not really my thing not your thing yeah okay yeah like i love the horses we have but like i'm not like oh yay yeah are no. you a dog person or a cat person um more of like a dog person, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. You got that going for you there. 
There you go. Yeah. Well, and that's the great thing. There's, you know, there's something for everyone in the animal world. You could be a cat lover, a dog lover, someone who loves horses, um, you know, or hey, in my area, we see birds, we see reptiles. So there's, there's a bond you can have with any animal. And uh, so, you know, thank you for your call, Muriel, because, you know, responsible pet ownership is always important, whether it's a dog, cat, or horse. Have a great day. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. That's 800-803-1961. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Rodents spend all day talking to each other. At least that's what experts tell us. But we can't hear many of their vocalizations because they're so high-pitched. But now there's two scientists at the University of Washington School of Medicine, and they've developed a software program called Deep Squeak which takes mice communications and transforms them into an image. And that's really what's known as a sonogram. One of the inventors studies complex behaviors relating to stress and addiction, while the other inventor's specialty, his is studying the psychological aspects of drugs. But this new program allows them to study the effects of medications on addictive drugs in the body. So it's really going to help their careers. And it also lets them, by the way, study medications that can help addicts quit their habits. Uh, some interesting side notes from their research so far. They say mice have about 20 different calls and are happiest when they're playing together or when they get sugar. Um, just <laughs> like too. kids. Yeah. Hey. And then... Um, they say when male mice get together, you know, just like two men or two male mice, when they get together, they tend to repeat the same calls over and over and over, kind of like, you know, telling stories. But then when they, they sense a female mouse nearby, their vocalizations become more complex as if they're, you know, doing a courtship or a, a mating song or something like that. Trying to make themselves sound intelligent. <laughs> I think that was a gender yeah. slam. Yes, it was. Well, remember, um, gosh, it was a horrible accident where a lion killed. It was a young female intern at a North Carolina wildlife center. It happened late last year because the lion had got loose while she was cleaning his enclosure. Well, it turns out, you know, because they're investigating this now, that North Carolina is just one of four states in our country with very few or even no laws in some cases for keeping wild animals like 
lions and bears and primates, exotics in captivity. The three other states that have little or no regulations, according to the Humane Society of the United States, concerning the ownership of exotic animals, those three states being Alabama, Wisconsin, and Nevada. And there is a a big new animal welfare law that Russian President Vladimir Putin has signed into law over there. Among other things, it bans petting zoos in the country, also bans animal fights and the killing of stray animals, which they say now must instead be captured and then placed in shelters. Uh, Mr. Putin known to be an animal lover. It also states this new law that only domestic animals can be kept as pets at home. No exotic pets allowed in Russia any longer. And dog owners in Russia must now walk their pets only in these specifically designated areas. And it's the law that you must clean up after your dog. And they say dogs of different potentially dangerous breeds, when they walk in public, they must now be on a leash and wear a muzzle. But this, you know, some of these are are really good, you know, laws. We've been hoping for some of these ourselves. But this was not a fast process for Russia to get this law. It was first submitted to the Russian parliament back in 2010, but uh, again was only approved and signed into law last month. Did you ever see that clip of Putin? Um, Another world leader had pulled a puppy out of a crate, and they were holding it like you would scruff a cat. And he actually takes it out of the um, out of the the other world leader's hand, and um, caresses it and comforts it, be, um, you know, and just makes it comfortable. So yeah, I, yeah, he's he, a big he, dog he lover. Seems yeah, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah, I never saw that. I thought you were going to say that picture where he's riding horseback, horseback. with no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> now I have seen that one. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And if you're like Dr. Debbie, you live in Las Vegas, you don't have to deal with uh, fleas. You don't have fleas there, do you? No, we really don't. We have ticks. And the other thing you don't have to deal with is on the sidewalks, well, snow, first of all. In the places where there is snow, on the sidewalks, they tend to put this uh, kind of salt chemical-y stuff, and especially in New York. So if you're taking your dog for a walk, they're getting that stuff on their paws, and then they're licking it up. Doesn't sound good, does it? No, and it definitely can cause, you know, injury, dryness, cracking, and even, you know, more of like a, almost like a chemical burner and irritation to the skin itself. So, yeah, it's something to be aware of if you're in that kind of community and environment. Lisa Baranoff to the rescue. She has invented walkie paws. Lori reported about this a couple of weeks ago, and she <laughs> joins us right now. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, how? I am great. Thank you for having me on the show. So you actually live in Manhattan, so you're you're in the nitty-gritty of it all, aren't you? I do, and I am, yes. I live on the Upper West Side, and I'm a mom to two dogs, and I have that exact problem that you were mentioning, and I have a solution now for it. So what so, is the solution? Okay, so I, I came up with this idea about years ago because I was sick of walking my um, dog, I have a Cocker Spaniel, walking him on the pavements of New York. And then you mentioned the snow, which is a very big problem because there was an issue one winter where he did um, get, you know, the, the salt on his paws and then lick them and, and he got violently ill. He got really bad diarrhea. Mm. But 
even when there isn't the snow, I just find the streets are so disgustingly dirty. And especially after it's rained, when it's sort of wet, it just was a really big problem for me. And I tried everything. I tried all the different booties and shoes, and they just wouldn't stay on. And even if, you know, and they were very uncomfortable for the dog because they rely on being very tight around the ankle. And my dog hated them and wouldn't wear them. And then if I got them on and we got downstairs, they'd fall off. So that didn't work. And then I tried the wipes and the washers, and those were really messy, and then his paws were all wet. So it was a disaster, and I thought there you know, has to be a solution. And um, I have a background in new product development and marketing, and I've worked for a pantyhose company. It was actually bought over by Sarah Lee by Haynes in South Africa, where I come from originally. And I had this brainwave, of, and I took a pair of pantyhose and cut them and sort of put them over my dog's back. And I had this idea to suspend a booty to a legging and attach it over a dog's back so it doesn't rely on staying on by being tight around the ankle, and it could actually be suspended over the dog's back. And then we came up with a really unique tightening mechanism where you could tighten it so it would really, within our sizes, it would really fit the dog snugly. And what I loved as well was, you know, in the last two years, there's been this huge trend towards wearing athleisure in the in the fashion market. And, you know, I wear a lot of leggings around, so I just sort of would tie in really well with the humanization trend for dogs to um, launch a legging that dogs could wear. Why, you know, why can't they wear them too? Sure, why not? So how do your dogs like this? I'm sure they were guinea pigs or guinea dogs for this. Yes, my poor dog, what he only looked like for a little while, especially when he was wearing those black pantyhose. He looked really kind of crazy. Um, he, you know what? They, they, I can't say dogs love them, but they get used to them very quickly. You put them on, and the amazing thing with my dog is after maybe walking for the first few minutes and feeling a little strange, they got totally used to them. And then when I was testing them out, my dogs would lie around all day with them on. And I'd be like, well, we have to take these off. You can't really take them on all day. <laughs> so they kind of get used to it, which is strange, because I thought they'd maybe back them off or try and get them off. They totally do not do that. Some dogs initially, when you first put them on, because it's a strange sensation, will do a little bit of a funny walk. But it lasts literally a minute, and they get used to it, and they forget they're wearing them. I've put a lot of booties on pets in the clinic because, um, you know, clients will put them on if they have a foot injury even. And, and they do that high-stepping walk that looks <laughs> so pathetic that we all kind of yeah. laugh when we see it. So you're saying that the That's dogs hilarious. with your product kind of walk a little weird, but they're not doing that continually? No, not definitely not continually. It depends on the dog. Some will do nothing and just start walking. Some will just stand there and not know what to do for a few seconds. But what I tell people is they need to put them on the leash and just get them going. And the minute they start walking and they can feel the ground and they're totally fine. Do you make them for all size dogs from the tiny little chihuahua up to like a big St. Bernard? That's a really good question. We actually started off just with three sizes, with a small, medium and a large. So we really, you know, cater to about 80% of the dogs out there. We don't cater to the tiny, tiny teacups at this point. I love them. You know what they look like to me is that they look like... Uh, really hip fishing boots for dogs. Because, I mean, yes. the suspenders, you know what I mean? Like yeah. waders? Yeah, yeah. Waders? Isn't that what they're... they look like waders, yeah. People are have are they able to lift their legs to pee? Yeah, completely. Absolutely. And there's never been an incident where, because it's completely open in that area, so there's no um, incident ever of getting, you know, any, get, getting the legging soiled because of that. And in fact, what it does help is my older dog has a habit now of, you know, doing his business and then stepping in it. So what I love is that he steps in it on the rubber and I can 
tag it, you know, outside my door and leave the dirt outside and not have to bring that muck inside my house. So my question is, I want to know if they come in designer colors and patterns, <laughs> and can I get some leggings for me to match? Can I match my dog? You know what? You should come and be my marketing director because those are all the thoughts we have. Well, we do already have um, three different patterns. We came up with just the cocoa, which is just a plain brown for the, the person that doesn't really want to make a big statement with the product. Um, and then we also have um, a pattern that's called confetti, which is a black <laughs> background with little dots and bright colors. And that's probably more geared towards the girl dogs and towards those that want to make, you know, make a splash and, and really make a fashion statement. Okay, we got to take a quick break. We are with Walkie Paws inventor Lisa Baranoff. There's more on the way. Stick around. Start your dog's daily dental routine with Red Barn's new dental treats, Chewables. Thoughtfully designed with ridges and grooves to help control plaque and tartar buildup in between your dog's dental vet visits. Chewables are natural, easily digestible, and your dog will love them. Red Barn Chewables, the tastiest way to brush your dog's teeth. Learn more at redbarn.com today. Use the promo code ANIMALRADIO and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets and dressing them up in waders. We are with Lisa Baranoff. She invented walkie paws, which basically waders for dogs. And before the break, she was telling us about all the uh, different colors and styles. And uh, Judy's eyes lit up with the confetti-colored ones, huh? You'd put those on Ladybug, right? Yes. And then for people who really want to be fashion-forward, we have the, the camo, which is a camouflage, which is very, very fashionable. So we're sort of catering to four different types of personalities of dogs and owners. And then what our plan is, is to roll in new patterns every couple of months. So we are already looking at new patterns before. We're even looking at tying in with key um, holidays. We were a little late for Valentine's Day. We wanted to do ones with casts on them for Valentine's Ah. Day. We were late for that. If if, if people look up, we will have something really special for July 4th and for Halloween and for next year's Valentine's Day. And then the other point you bring up, um, Judy, is, is matching to, to humans. So we are yes. investigating potentially doing a doggy and me line, which would be, <laughs> you know, the leggings that could match either the little girl's leggings or the, you know, the owner's leggings. Oh, I love so it. Really cute. So, yes. so how much is this going to set me back and where can I get them? Okay. So it's a variable pricing, which is common in the pet industry because the amount of fabric we use on the size small is far less than we use on the size large. So the pricing starts at $19.99, and for the small, the medium is $24.99, and the large is $29.99. They are available on our website right now, walkiepaws.com. And also, we just got back in stock and gone back onto Amazon. We launched on Amazon initially in October, but we sold out within a month because there was really much higher demand. Yeah, we, we really didn't anticipate as higher demand. So that was good and bad. But we are back on Amazon as of today. Well, that's good to hear. So I guess the public is receiving this very well. They seem to be. It seems to have really hit a chord with people, and, and we're getting some really good reviews on them. People are saying, you know, we've got a, got a lot of thank you letters for, you know, introducing something that's 
finally the dogs feel comfortable wearing and, you know, and the fact that they don't fall off is a big plus for people. Mm-hmm. So they talk about losing a lot of booties. And I've seen that here in the winter, like just even walking on the upper west side, I see a little booty lying around every now and again. So, so you'll never lose another booty again with these. Before you invented walkie paws, what did you invent? What, what were you working on before that? Oh, good question. So I started off in the hosiery in South Africa. And then when I came to the States, I worked for um, Mattel for um, Fisher-Price Toys. Oh, how and cool. I worked, I worked on the licensed property. So the last thing that I was involved in before I left was the Tickle Me Elmo relaunch. The Tickle Me Elmo relaunch. Oh, okay. Hal's familiar with that. That was one <laughs> yes. of his favorites. Okay. Yeah, it was very popular at that point. Everyone <laughs> wanted that product. It sure was. Of course, if you say that to one of the millennials they'll, these days, they'll they say, won't know what, what that is, is Tickle Me yes. Elmo. Uh, yeah, Lisa, exactly. thank you so much for spending time with us. We wish you the best of luck with that. We'll put links to everything you've heard on the, the show today over at animalradio.pet. And we're going to go back to the phones next. Toll free, one 866 405 What a cool idea. See me and Ladybug with some camouflage. I wear my camouflage pants, and she's got a little camouflage booties on. Oh my god! Uh, what do you think about that, Lori? Um, I think I I would try it. Um, it would be a little difficult on on a bulldog, um, but Tater, yeah, Pitbull, absolutely. After wiping so many feet down after being out <laughs> right. of moisture or dirt, uh-huh. um, I think if, if you could get past the training part of it, it would be really a nice feature so you don't have to take those fuzzy paw dogs and have to hose them off, dry them, and all of that. And clean their pads really well. And, you know, and I've tried booties and stuff. They just do not stay on at all. I haven't found one that will stay on my dog's feet. I know. That's why I was laughing because I'm like, there ain't no way those little booties are going to stay on unless you got something to tether them. Yep. <laughs> as long as you didn't make that suspender too tight. You know, they're... Well, it's like, stretchy. Boing. Yeah, it's not going to... It's not like it's a, you know, firm material. It'll give and take so the dog... You know how, how cats, like, if you ever put, like, a little hair clip on the back of their neck... You uh-huh. ever done that? No. And they just kind of no. sit there. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> this is just the stupid stuff you do when you're young. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like you're scruffing your cat. Like so, if you have those hair clippies, women who have long hair, and, and you put them kind of over the scruff of the neck and put them on the cat, they like lay down and sit there. <laughs> it's like they're being scruffed. At least my cat used to do that. It was like, how I was did I miss? I've owned cats all my life. How did I miss this one? You used to dress your cats up, didn't you? I used to dress them up. Yeah, when they were kittens. I would dress them up in doll clothes and put them in the carriage and push them around. Poor kitty. Or I would put like tape on their tail or put tape around their forepaws. Because, well, they would do that walk, that funny walk. They'd pick up there and shake their legs and stuff. That's just not Trying right. to get the tape On so off. many levels. But the hair clip. Wow, I missed that. Okay, the cats in the studio are running. <laughs> and now an animal radio news brief. A British woman has been saddled with a fine after bringing her horse into a McDonald's restaurant. Of course, see, I know what you're thinking. Stacy, was this you? No, no, no. I haven't gone anywhere outside of the country. According to BBC News, Greater Manchester Police say the woman initially tried to ride the animal through the drive-thru, but she was turned away. 
So she decided, you know what? You're not going to let me go through the drive-thru. Then I'm going to come in. She brought the horse inside the fast food restaurant where it promptly did its business on the floor. A McDonald's spokeswoman said the sight and smell of the incident caused obvious distress to her customers trying to enjoy the meals. And she added that the health and safety of their customers is a priority, which is why they refuse to serve people on horseback and any other customer that's not in a car at the drive-thru. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White. Groomer Joey Villani, News Director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, the fun has just started. See how much fun we're at. We're going to have a lot more fun this hour. We're going to talk about the weather predicting pig. And if you live in the North Carolina area, we have many affiliates out there. Listen carefully because this pig will predict the weather for North Carolina in an upcoming week here. <laughs> Don't believe. Really, I mean, weather forecasters, how accurate are they really? Yeah. Well, this guy, hopefully he's got a better rate than, he, the, you yeah. know, than the real weather <laughs> forecasters do. Yes. He can't be any worse. He happens to live on the Funny Farm, and the Funny Farm is owned by Dr. Paige Wages. She is a Raleigh, North Carolina veterinarian. She loves animals so much. She has 93 animals. Jeez. Wow. I... What do you think about that, Dr. Debbie? I mean, we haven't spoken to her yet, but go ahead and give us your quick evaluation of someone who has 93 animals. Well, obviously, she's an animal lover, and I give her a lot of credit because I I know I couldn't do that in the course of a day. Seems like it would take all day just to take care of the animals. (laughs) You feed them breakfast, and then you have to turn around and feed them lunch and dinner. Yeah, and try to clean up after all of them. My gosh, that's that's a lot of... That's that's a lot. That's a lot of poopy. Uh, But we'll talk to her this hour. So if you just tuned in, you are so, so, so very, very lucky. We'll do a quick check of the news at the bottom of the hour, as we do every hour. And it's the latest and greatest pet news you can find anywhere, presented by our Miss Brooks, Lori Brooks. What do you have mm-hmm. for this hour? Well, I, I'd like for you guys to know that we're in the, well, not in the middle, but we are underway with coyote mating season. Oh. Now, that's an animal. But the the point that I want to make here is that it's it's time to be aware of how to keep your pets safe, because coyotes are going to be active. So we'll tell you. <laughs> Damn straight, they're going to be active. Okay. Day and night. <laughs> uh, oh, are we going to the phones? I'm yes, so sorry are. about that. We have a that. caller on line one. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. What What do you got going on with your animal? That's so much more important. <laughs> we have a 13-year-old Yorkie. Oh, and okay. in the last three months, her personality has changed somewhat. Well, quite a bit, actually. And she, um, I think she is deaf. Newly okay. deaf, and so she doesn't come when we call her. 
she doesn't greet us when we come home. And she's starting to have accidents in the house, which is, is un, not usual. Okay, yeah, and all of those lost, things. She normally weighs about 5 pounds, 6 to 9 ounces, and now she's down to 4.6 ounces. And we've had uh, blood work done, and she's not a diabetic, and um, all of her blood panels come out well, but mm-hmm. she's not the same dog. Okay. Well, a lot of what you're describing with some of the loss of uh, recognizing you coming out, it, 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 certainly in a dog at that age, she can be having some loss of hearing. And then that is, can be an age-related thing. So may not be a lot we can do with that. But once you are home and she's recognized that, if she's not getting up and she doesn't seem interested and she's less just generally less active in the home environment then we really would want to look at something of cognitive dysfunction and this is a condition that we kind of call it doggy alzheimer's but it isn't necessarily the same thing but we do know that older dogs and cats can have significant mental decline as they're getting into their double digit years as they're getting older and some of the things we really look at are going to be um, loss of interaction, um, interest in the humans in the household, and regular schedules, uh, the comings and going of the family. If that is not the norm, that can be a symptom of this. Now, some of the other symptoms can also be failure uh, to know house training skills, so having potty accidents at any time of the day. Um, some dogs may even have a kind of a switch in their sleep cycle, so instead of sleeping at night, they'll be up, pacing, wandering, and alert during the night hours, and they may be sleeping all during the day hours. If if those kind of things are going on, then we could have something um, that fits into this cognitive decline, that um, there are medications and supplements that we can use to help pets with that. And that would be something that I would definitely consider. Now, if your vet has done lab work and has eliminated a lot of the common things, uh, you know, sometimes there's some additional things that I might look at. Um, in older pets, we can see them kind of slowing down and get less interactive with blood pressure issues. So, especially in a Yorkie, hypertension can happen. So, you know, checking some blood pressure wouldn't be a bad idea there. And then um, just making sure that arthritically, um, in an older pet, that we manage pain as best we can. Even if you don't think you see it, um, something more than glucosamine may be indicated for a pet in that age group there. Um, but I'd, I'd say you have to trust your instincts, Susan. And if you're seeing a major change in your pet's behavior, those those are those kind of symptoms that you really want to kind of shout out to your veterinarian. And even if that first lab work was normal, you know, I'd say go back and say, you know what, just something's not right. Um, you see her every day. You know what's going on. And that's where your instincts really help a lot for the veterinarian to know how much we need to be concerned or how much we need to look into something. Well, I did suspect a little dementia, just from mm-hmm. her behavior. Um, and she is 13, so in human years, is that still seven years per human year for a dog? You can kind of approximate that. There's mm-hmm. a different formula. In larger, I'm sorry, small breed dogs actually last a lot longer. So if you if you were to multiply like a 17-year-old dog by seven, you know, it's improbable that a human would live that long. So... They definitely do live longer, but in that age, and I usually say the double digits. (laughs) So for me, any dog in the double digits, I'm on the watch for some of the senior-related health things, arthritis, mental decline, 
kidney disease, liver disease, and, and really being aware for those things. And you're very astute in, in noting that. And I would say um, there are some really good medications we can try. Um, L-deprinel is one that helps to increase uh, dopamine activity in the brain, and it can help. I do find a lot of folks wait too long, unfortunately, when the pet's showing these kind of symptoms. And just like folks with Alzheimer's, a lot of these medications and supplements can help better if we get on board with that when the symptoms are a bit more mild before they're actually kind of doing circles and they're stuck in corners and, and you're having to you know find them in the house because they can't find their way around. Um, so definitely, I would you know speak up, chat with your veterinarian, and I'd want to see about getting your baby on some things that could help. Okay. Well, we had had a Keesund, uh, pra- uh when she was just a little one, and and we had no idea that he suffered so much with bladder cancer. And I just I just oh. don't want to be um, lack of observing her symptoms, and I don't want her to suffer, and mm-hmm. I just want to be on top of things this time. Yeah, yeah, and it, it sounds like you you definitely got the right motivations and in finding things out. I always like to tell people that, you know, old dogs, you know, age is not a disease. So old dogs don't just die of being old. There's usually something going on. So if you're seeing a symptom, something's not right, you know, uh, definitely, you know, take okay. that and, and see your veterinarian about it. All right, got some notes. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call, Susan. To my left, Dr. Debbie, veterinarian, uh, answering all your questions for your. And let me tell you, she's well versed in uh, iguanas, uh, 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 all kinds. Of, she practices in Las Vegas, so that's you know, there's a lot of weird animals there. Hi, Tony. How you doing? Pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Nebraska. Very good. I, how are your pets doing? I have the good doctor, Dr. Debbie, right here. Hi, Tony. He's, hi. He's doing good, but the only thing I'm having problems with, he, once in a while he gets red eyes, and he don't okay, want to eat. What kind of baby are we talking about here? It's a Australian Shepherd. Okay, and how old? He's 10 months old. Ah, so he's a youngin', so full of lots of energy and maybe a bit foolish as well, I'd imagine. Yeah. All righty. So you said that his eyes are red. Is is there any problems with that? You're seeing the whites of the eye turning red? Yeah, just the whites of the eyes. Okay. And is there anything else going on? Discharge from the eye. Does he rub at them or squint his eyes? Uh, not that I ain't seen in other dogs. They usually get teardrops from the eyes. That's about normal. Okay, a little bit of that staining in the corners of the eyes. Yeah. Okay. Well, as far as, you know, an occasional redness in the eye, you know, a lot depends on what environment he's in. So for a dog that's living indoors in the lap of luxury, sitting on the couch, there really shouldn't be a lot of environmental things that cause red eyes in a dog that age. If that's continuing in a pet that kind of lives indoors and has a secluded environment, I might be more apt to be concerned about that and investigate it. And one of the first things we do for a red eye is... We look at it. We look at it with magnification, and in many cases, we'll stain the eye with a fluorescent stain to make sure there's no abrasions or anything on the cornea. So that might be if we're worried about things. But 
in a pet that goes outside and spends time outdoors, you've got the effect of wind, dust, allergens, all those things that can cause the occasional red eye. And in a, again, in a young dog, I kind of walk that line of, oh, I need a little bit more uh, evidence, if you will, that we have a problem regarding those eyes. Now, you mentioned he's not eaten well, and that would be something that I would definitely say would alert me to see the veterinarian, because a young dog that's not eating reliably and having eye problems would definitely have me picking up that telephone and call in your local veterinarian. And, and so I would encourage you to check into that and talk to your vet locally. Thanks for your call. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hey, everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. <laughs> Brett Michaels. I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead. do that. Say don't that do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio. Brett Michaels Animal Radio. You got it. I knew the Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. Your dog loves meat. That's why they'll love the new line of Red Barn Dry Dog Food. The first five ingredients in each Red Barn recipe are meat, fish, or poultry. Sure to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. The added functional ingredients make Red Barn Dry Dog Foods the perfectly balanced meal for your best friend. Available in land, ocean, and sky recipes. Your dog loves meat. We love your dog. Head to redbarn.com to use the promo Animal Radio for 10% off your first bag. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We are damn lucky here at the station. We get to bring our animals into the studio. If we have questions for Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani, we can ask them directly. It's a great job. It is a great job. But it's not about us right now. It's about you. Dang, I wanted to ask Dr. Debbie, too, about... What's that? um, Black balls. Actually, okay. Really? (laughs) Well, no, no, wait. I, I I tried looking it up because I initially looked up red, but I, I, and excuse my ignorance here because I I'm a rescuer and you know they always come or you get them spayed or neutered, but Diesel because of his hypoplastic trachea can't be neutered, so I've got this little boy who can't breathe with these things between his legs, and it's it's all peely cracking but it's like reptile skin coming off it really dry and it looks a little red down there too what what can i put on it well there can be pigment change that occurs um in dog skin and in the scrotal area as they get older but it should be um it should be soft it should be smooth there shouldn't be any kind of scaling or sores if you're having like it's dry crusty scaly along with it then we may as well have some other skin problem whether it's like a allergy that's causing a skin infection in the area or a yeast infection 
I'd say get him over here and let's uh, let's let's have a little uh, personal exam here. <laughs> All right, Diesel, we're going next door. <laughs> ah, there you go. Enjoy your breakfast. I want to know. <laughs> I guess the reason he couldn't be neutered is because of this. Uh, what did you call it? A hypoplastic trachea. He's got difficult. He's a smush face breed, so he's brachycephalic anyway. Okay. Um, which is harder to put them under. But he's got a, a trachea that is about half the size of my pinky. Dr. Debbie can, you know, tell you all this. Oh, it's an anesthesia thing. And and actually, the the interesting thing, though, even a dog with a small trachea, when they're under anesthesia, they're actually breathing the best they've ever breathed in their life. And sometimes they don't want to come back out because of that. Yeah. So while an animal's under anesthesia, the bulldogs and that, they're loving life because they're getting oxygen like they don't get on a daily basis. It's really the anesthetic um, going under and then coming out that we don't want to have any airway collapse or any swelling that makes it hard for them to breathe. If you have a question about your animals, yes, I'm blushing red too. All the guys in the studio, even Joey Volani <laughs> blushing right now. Um, it wasn't a question I wanted to ask on social media. Oh, well, geez. You know, anytime the mic's on. It's... Feel free. <laughs> hey, I think gross gonads are a great thing to talk about on air. I mean, doesn't that just pique everyone's interest? Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, you see what we have to put up with in the studio here. Anyway, we'll go to the phones next. We have a check of the news in about 10 minutes. What do you have for us, Lori? We'll tell you how having um, a pet figures into your life if you're going to be a successful a chief, a, a chief operating engineer, or chief, uh, what is it, CEO? Executive? Chief executive officer. Yes, sir. Is CFO, CEO, or COO? Oh, one of those C's. I can do that over again. We'll find out how having a pet figures into your chances of being a successful what they call a C-suite executive, a CEO, a CFO, or a COO. I liked it better the first time. <laughs> yeah, you, you want, would. You want to give it another <laughs> shot? <laughs> okay. No. Let's, uh, let's hit the phones. How can we help you today, David? Okay, my question is this. I have ten and your, a ten-and-a-half-year-old Yorkie Poo, and I usually would able to give him just about anything, and it wouldn't bother him. But in the last six months or so, uh, he gets the runs at the drop of a hat. And even even I, I started mixing his food with some canned food to kind of make it a little bit more palatable for him. Mm-hmm. And it, that was okay, but even now that bothers him. What What's going on with my dog? Okay, so is the... Is the problem that he's not eating, or is it just that he's having loose stools? Loose stools. Okay, so his appetite is sound, that's good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then I would not add in canned food, because that can ruin the whole process of what you're trying to do. If you're having loose stools with your pet, and you add in canned food, that actually can have a tendency for many pets to loosen up the stool. Um, there's a lot more moisture content in that, and it, it's kind of like, you know, be like eating a lot of pumpkin pie if you have diarrhea. It's not going to help things in any way there. So I would really be looking more at our diet structure as far as what we are feeding, and there are some diets we'll go to a higher fiber content if we want to firm up the stool some. Now, the other thing I'm going to say is I would certainly make sure we have the stool and your pet checked at the veterinarian because, you know, we could have something like worms. We can have other issues going on. There's problems in digestion with a pancreas that can cause a chronic problem with loose stools. 
I'd say the number one problem in most cases is we choose a diet that doesn't agree with our pet's bowels. And the number one thing I look at when I pick a food, a lot of people say, what's the best food out there, doc? It's going to be the best one that agrees with your pet. So do they like it? And does it produce nice, solid poops that are consistent? So that might be something we look at. Is the current food you're going with, you know, maybe nothing bad against the company, but it may not be the the trick for your pet. And to change that, we would find another and kind of gradually introduce that new diet over a period of about a week to two weeks. See what the poops go like, and then we can make a decision. Is it better or worse? No different. Um, But I would certainly, before we start on the strategy of trying different foods and moving around, you know, like I said, I'd make sure your baby's checked out A-OK by the vet and bring a nice uh, bag of poop for the vet. It really makes our day when you guys do that. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Holy education! Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie. They've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens. Okay, yeah, so puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog, uses the Brilliant Pad Self-Cleaning Puppy Pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the Animal Radio Studios smelling fresh. In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at BrilliantPad.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. So what does it take to become a successful entrepreneur? Well, you know, vision, risk-taking, determination, hard work, dedication, and all that stuff. However, something else isn't so well-known, also helps, okay? According to this new study, which was actually conducted for Banfield Pet Hospitals, having a pet, it doesn't matter what kind of breed, but having a pet can actually help people become successful and better company leaders. They know this because the research found that behind most what they call C-suite executives, those are CEOs, CFOs, COOs, behind most of them is a pet. In this survey of more than 850 people who have the word chief in their title, 93% said that their childhood was filled with pets. 83% of them grew up with the dog. Uh, Close to 60% grew up with a cat. And 37% had pets like birds or rabbits and rodents. But regardless of what kind of animal or pet, All of these chiefs agreed their childhood companions taught them valuable lessons like responsibility, empathy, and creativity. And these qualities, they said, have supported them in their ability to thrive as leaders in the workplace. Well, you may notice more coyotes in your neighborhood these days. And that's because mid-January to mid-March is coyote mating season, which brings about more movement and activity for the coyotes as they go around searching for a mate. So, you know, we worry about coyotes being around our pets. So how do you keep your pets safe? Well, if you spot a coyote, experts say you should wave your arms really big, maybe in big circles, and yell at the coyotes or perhaps (laughs) even maybe throw a stick or some stones, not because you want to hit them and you don't even want to try to hit them, but try to get it near them. 
to give the coyote a healthy fear of humans. Coyotes, if you didn't know this, see dogs as a competitor in their territory. So you need to keep your dog close to you whenever you're out walking with them, and especially if you're out walking at night. And then one expert suggests taking something along with you on your walks to scare coyotes away. I always found it's a a good idea, maybe um, like when you're trying to scare cats off the counter, you need to distract them. You put pennies or coins in a tin can and you just shake it up and it makes a loud noise. Another tip is to keep your yard clean so that you avoid attracting coyotes. If your bird seed, for example, is getting scattered all over the place, that's attracting rats, mice, and squirrels. Now, remember that rodents are also prey species for coyotes, so... Those rats and mice and squirrels that are eating all your bird seed, the coyotes are going to come and want to eat your rats and mice and squirrels. So if you have mice around, coyotes are attracted to them as food, in other words. And if you see a coyote that looks injured or needs help, you should probably stay away, leave it alone, and experts say, contact the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center in your area. And this is just another reason not to let your cats be outdoor cats. We hear this week after week after week. Coyote ate my cat. Yeah, that's horrible. Well, cats rule the Internet. It doesn't matter what year it is. And the favorite cats online, it is out. And it's kind of funny that those who made the list couldn't even rank the cats like one to ten. They say they're all their favorites. So on this list is Bongo, the cat who started out as a gift playing bongos. Uh, there's Donut, a cat from Florida who is on a diet now after being adopted, weighing three times what his healthy weight should be. Also on the list, uh, Tigger, that lap cat who has to sit on his human dad's lap for at least 30 minutes every day before dad goes to work. Uh, Theo, the cat, uh, he was the one who saved his owner's life by keeping her awake when she had a blood clot. But sadly, I found out during this story that Theo passed away just one week before he was awarded the National Cat of the Year title. Also on this list is Valkyrie Valkyrie, the cat with the human face. And of course, one of my favorites, and I I think one of yours too, Judy, that adorable cat on Instagram who brings its owner a leaf every morning. Also made the list of favorite internet cats. If you haven't seen any of these, we're going to put a link over at animalradio.pet. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Hi, Pam. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you today? Very good. Where are you? In Santa Maria, California. How can we help you today? Well, I'm calling because uh, we have a behavioral problem with our deaf puppy. Um, Okay. Our puppy is um, a year old, and we've had her since she was uh, two months old. And in the last, and we've gone through training sessions with her, and she's done fairly well. But in the last, uh, I'd say the last three months, she has been growling and biting at me if I try to remove her from the couch or chair or something that she just doesn't want to do mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know how to correct her on this okay so she has basic obedience does she know how to do like a, a sit uh come do you, have you taught her those commands yes we went through puppy school twice <laughs> okay and she does those yes 
Okay, so I'm assuming you have taught her hand signals. Is that what she's, uh, you're teaching her off of? Yes, we use hand signals with her, and uh, she does fairly well. Uh, but I just don't know how to handle this problem so that she will stop doing it. Yeah. Now, does she have any other problems, like in the, at night, if she's on, on the bed with you and you try to scooch her, does she tend to get upset about that kind of stuff? No. Um, she doesn't sleep with us. She sleeps in her own bed. Good. And um, about uh, a month ago, we purchased another puppy, about uh, four months old, who has been a great companion for her. Good. And uh, we thought that might... Uh, give her some companionship that she doesn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. I would say that I'm, a, I'm with uh, your situation, Pam, I, I'm not quite certain whether her problem is because she's deaf or if she's just being obstinate and being a little bit dominant in some of those situations. So the, the first thing, and it's great that you have her trained to hand signals because deaf dogs can learn all those same commands. They just need to read our body language and things like the hand signals. The thing that we want to make sure if she's getting uh, kind of saucy in certain situations and doesn't want to follow your commands, my thought is that I would not want to lose physical control, and I want you to have a ability to control her and to give her direction, and if she does not follow that, you can remove her safely. One of the best ways to do this is to use a, a light training collar with a head harness, and especially for deaf dogs, it's so good because it helps them direct their eyes to you um, because it cr- kind of corrects kind of like a bridle on a horse. So that would be something important. Um, now, it seems... It might be a little unrealistic to use this all the time, but it's when you're in the home or when you anticipate you might be in these situations where she can get a little bit obstinate, that's where I'd really want to use that. And then always reward, reward, reward after you give her a correction. And if you sense that she's starting to give you a little bit of sass, um, we want to focus on the positive and not focus on that negative response. All right. I'll certainly get one of those callers and, and work with her on that. Yeah, now, and now there's another thing, too, and if, if you've already got her trained, it may not be something you need to do, but for some folks with deaf dogs, we'll actually use vibration collars um, to help catch their attention and to kind of maybe potentially stop a behavior. Say she's running out and going to get hit by a car. If we have a deaf dog trained to a vibration collar, they basically, it's not a zapping collar, it's not a um, correction in that way, but it gives a, a light vibration, tells her to look for you, and then you can give her the hand signals and the commands. So that's another way that's kind of a, another step you can graduate up to, but that is something that for some pet owners with deaf dogs, it really can be a, a big difference. And actually, I don't know, it, there's a great website out there. Have you ever checked out, uh, there's a website called deafdogs.org? Uh, no, I haven't. I would say check that out because there's some very nice training tips there, and I actually send some of my clients down there, especially with some of the Australian Shepherd owners that have, um, you know, the deaf dogs. So give that a try and uh, keep up the good work with the training um, proof that these little deaf puppy dogs, they can be wonderful pets. Just take a little extra love and attention. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're here to take your calls. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And now an Animal Radio News Brief. 
I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. A Salt Lake City-based energy bar maker is turning to crickets as a source of nutrients. This seems to be the new thing. People are eating bugs left and right wherever you go, and it's not just when they're stuck on an island somewhere. According to CNN Money, the makers of Chapul bars, they use cricket flour to give their bars a boost of protein. Chapul's founder, Patrick Crowley, says the six-legged critters are a rich source of edible protein. It's more environmentally friendly than protein from livestock, and he assures potential consumers that Chapul bars, which come in three flavors, are pretty tasty. However, he does admit they have a psychological barrier of putting something derived from crickets in their mouth. Yeah, I might think twice about eating those, too. I guess if you dip it in chocolate, it's probably good, you know. I'm Stacey Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet. Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. That's 800-803-1961. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Are you ready for another first? There are not a lot of firsts, but here's here's a definite first. A veterinarian who has 93 animals. We've been talking about her all throughout the show. And now here she is joining us, Dr. Paige Wages. Doctor, welcome. Hi. Where are you located? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. I assume that's where your practice is located? That's correct. So 93 animals. Were these animals that came through your practice that needed a home? Tell us about the animals and what kind of variety of animals do you have? We have a little mixture of everything, I think. Uh, Two pigs, eight dogs, two rabbits in the house, three outside, two cats, and then all the rest, oh, three goats, I guess, and then all the rest are kind of chickens and ducks and peacocks and things like that, birds outside. Yeah. How long does it take you to do a round for feeding? It's about an hour and a half morning and night. <laughs> wow. That's wow. a lot of work. How do you yeah. find time with a you know practice life? You make time. It's fun. You just get up really early and stay up really late, really. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the good part is that you don't have to worry about paying for vet care. Well, they do cost a lot, but that's okay. It's part of it. So. Does anybody look at you and say, hey, that's a lot of animals, think you're over the top? And it's okay. You can be honest with us because we're all over the top here with our animals. <laughs> no, you know what? Nobody's actually said that. Um, people come out. It's, we call it a funny farm. So people come out to pet the animals and see everybody and love it. Almost all of them, 
except for, I mean, I have one chicken with no legs, one chicken with one leg, one has a prosthetic. So most of the animals have special needs of some way, shape, or form. So a lot of people think yep. that that's kind of neat. Yeah, that, so, that, that was that's kind of the that's the running joke in the yeah. vet world is that we don't ever have animals with all their body parts. They're usually <laughs> no. missing something, an eye, a nose, ear. <laughs> I wanted to hear about the chicken with the prosthet- prosthetic leg. Or the no legs. Yeah. Both of yeah, those. So, yeah, so Chicken Little is the one with no legs. He uh, came to us. Animal Control brought him to me when he was tiny. And so this chicken's never going to live. We just found it here. You do something with it. And uh, he's four now uh, and never grown any legs. So problem is, is when it rains a lot, he can't get off the ground. So he has to come inside. Or if it's too cold, he comes inside. So you know, otherwise he's on the ground. So, But he flops around and has a girlfriend and has just a small house so he can go in and out. And does <laughs> fine otherwise. <laughs> has a girlfriend, then, huh? Yeah, well, his other girlfriend just died. Blackie just died from old age, and so Mm. I had to find a new girlfriend for him because he got really lonely. Sure. Um, So, yeah, because the other chickens, the the main, you know, normal chickens will pick on him because he's handicapped. So, when you were a kid, was it like this? No, I was allowed to have a dog and a cat, and that was it. Yeah, that's better than me. I had no pets as a child. Yeah, you were restricted. I would have overcompensated than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so t- tell us about the weather-predicting pig that you have. Of course, we're having strange weather all across the country, and any help we can get would be great. Yeah, so Elmer is, um, he's, I don't know if it's just, oh, I have a male pig and a female pig, both spayed and neutered, but he started this probably, I think last year, he started carrying sticks in and making a pile by the door, um, when he was outside, and we looked it up, and it, the farmer's almanac said that you know pigs will start carrying sticks around if it's going to be a cold winter, and we had a horrible winter last year, and then he started doing it again this year, and he he does it about a week or two before we have a really bad cold snap or a really bad snowstorm, which is odd for North Carolina anyway. Um, so he's now our weather predicting pig, so he can basically he's been correct every time so far. So. <laughs> Okay. So my my back porch is full of a giant pile of sticks and. I, I wonder what that is all about. Is, are they trying to build shelter? Or I mean, that's that's strange that they would do that behavior. I think so. So he's got the. They both have. They they sleep inside at night, but they go out a lot during the day if it's warm. And there's a couple of blankets out there because my other pig likes to tear up the beds. So they have a couple of blankets to lay on, and he has made this giant stick hay blanket pile and i came home last night and i was a little late and my neighbors hadn't put them up yet and they were buried in this pile of sticky blanket thing so i think it's an effort to stay warm okay to stay warm and stay off the wet ground i guess well they're on the porch it's Uh, a porch okay so we have several affiliates in the north carolina area uh what does the weather look like for the next week do you think (laughs) well it's gonna be it's probably actually gonna be a little bit chilly because he was carrying there was a pile when i got home two days ago um, so I think that we're headed in for another cold snap. So there you go. That's, you heard that first, right here on Animal Radio. Yes. Is there a way we can learn more, or see pictures, or anything like that? Um, there is um, ABC Eleven from North Carolina did a story oh. on him on what with him predicting the weather um, in November or December, I think, this past year. Okay, Jude. Otherwise, otherwise he posts on Facebook. Okay, Judy, uh, we'll put that link to the ABC uh, telecast as well as the Facebook over at AnimalRadio.pet if you're listening right now and you want to learn a little more about the funny farm and the weather-predicting pig. 
Dr. Paige Wages, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Well, I don't know about you. I had a lot of fun today, but it is time for us to go. If you need your fix during the week, may I suggest checking out the Animal Radio website at animalradio.pet or better yet, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. It's free. You can connect with us anytime you want. So go download that right now. Oh, and before we go, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They are Kindle reads available over at Amazon. And I'm actually reading a Kindle book right now on my iPad, so a lot of people don't know you can do that. I didn't think you could do that. That's interesting. You can do that. We'll see you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. Come on, Diesel. Wake up. We're going bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.